look around. You're surrounded by dozens of people you grew up with. You're in a damp, dark cave deep in a mountain in Mexico. Candles flicker on the walls and the bat's cries are deafening. A beautiful woman comes forward through the smoke which appeared out of nowhere. She is adorned in silver and jade jewelry and an ornate gown and headdress. To all in attendance, she is the reincarnation of an Incan goddess. She is the savior your whole village has been praying for. She looks over the crowd gathered to worship her. She points at you. You're overcome with emotion. You feel her love and the envy of your friends and neighbors as you make your way to the front of the crowd. You fall to the ground at her feet. She takes your hand in hers and you feel the warmth as the cut in your hand flows into the goblet in hers. She drinks the blood and labels you a dissenter whose punishment is death as your former friends and relatives drag your body to doom to be consumed by the masses. Welcome, Crypt Keepers. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 18 of Cryptique. I'm joined, as always, by my co-pilot on this journey through the cosmos, and the only man I know who makes the sign of the cross when confronted with broccoli. Ryan, what's up? <laughs> broccoli is an evil creation. I think everybody should make the sign of the cross. <laughs> it's pretty nasty. I just want to ask you all for a quick favor. You see those three dots on your screen? Tap that and click on share and put it on your favorite social media sites. That would be a big help to us so we can keep bringing you this free content. Do that or you may fall victim to tonight's High Priestess of Blood. Yerba Buena translates to good herb and generally refers to a plant from the mint family. The village of Yerba Buena sits nestled in the mountainous region of northern Mexico with the nearest town being Monterrey in the Mexican state of Nuevo Leon. The dirt streets stretch through the village and become one with the prairie just beyond the last hut with the clay-tiled roof. Yerba Buena was a poverty-stricken, educationally challenged community. The 50 or so villagers were hard-working and very superstitious. 83% of Mexico is Catholic, down from 96% in 1970. But desperate times call for desperate measures, and the good people of Yerba Buena were practically starving in abject poverty. Going to Mass every Sunday wasn't paying the bills, and the people sought to climb out of the pit of the impoverished by any means necessary. Alright, so let's talk about the Hernandez brothers. Brothers Santos and Sayatano Hernandez thought Yerba Buena would be an easy mark due to the superstition of the local villagers. They were petty criminals who jumped from town to town and scam to scam, but came up with an idea that would change and end the life of Yerba Buena villagers forever. In early 1963, the brothers were somehow able to convince the villagers that they were divine prophets and had spoken to Incan gods that would make their wildest dreams of wealth come true. They convinced the villagers that the Incan treasures hidden in secret caves in the mountains 
would all be theirs if they just did what the brothers told them to do. Sounds like a good scam if you can get it. The brothers wanted their blind loyalty and, of course, sexual favors. Isn't that the case in every cult? Like, it's just some dude that's trying to get laid by as many women as they can. Generally seems to be the goal. (laughs) Now, the Incan tribes were actually in pre-Hispanic Peru, and the Aztecs were in pre-Hispanic Mexico, but the Hernandez brothers didn't let that get in the way of their scam. So, the brothers and their followers set to the task of clearing out caves in the mountains to be the temples of the Incan gods. The villagers succumbed to the pitfall of greed and did what the brothers told them to do. And I've never lived in abject poverty. I've lived in regular poverty. But I would assume that if you're having trouble putting food on the table and someone comes along with something that can help, that's kind of an easy thing to fall into. So I'm not judging them as far as being greedy right they just wanted to you know live a fair life survive right the brothers set out to rule their kingdom and began performing rites over the villagers the brothers used the men and women of yerba buena as sexual playthings they held orgies and used narcotics as part of their ceremonies again narcotics which assuming that we're talking about something heavier than like weed it can be addictive and if you get your fix from these people you're going to be indebted and somewhat under their control i would assume they also demanded financial taxes from the people of yerba buena but after a few months with no changes in wealth or work for the villagers there became civil unrest and the villagers began to question the validity of the brothers' claims. So the brothers came up with another trick to tame the anger of their subjects. They would bring the gods to their people. And so the Hernandez brothers set off to find someone to play the role of a god, or goddess, as the case may be. Enter Magdalena Soli. Magdalena Soli was recruited from the nearby town of Monterey, Not much is known about her childhood. She was a prostitute from a poor, highly dysfunctional family who began selling sex for money at an early age. Her brother, Alizar, acted as her pimp and it said that she took part in incest, fetishism, and pedophilia. Her role was to play the part of the reincarnated goddess Kodlaku and the high priestess. They achieved this through introducing her at a ceremony through a smokescreen they made with powder. A cheap parlor trick but the villagers had already been conditioned to believe. What no one could have guessed is that Magdalena would begin to believe the lie as well. She developed a theological psychosis. She was always a religious fanatic who had delusions that she was, in fact, a goddess. She combined psychosis, religious delusions, delusions of grandeur, sexual perversions, sadism, incest, fetishism, vampirism, and pedophilia. (sighs) Let me repeat that. That's a long list. She was messed up. (laughs) She combined psychosis, religious delusions, delusions of grandeur, sexual perversions, sadism, incest, fetishism, vampirism, and pedophilia. Okay. Psychosis is a mental state where connections with reality are severely impaired or not present at all. 
Religious delusions occur when individuals are preoccupied with religious subjects that are not within the expected beliefs of an individual's background, like believing that you are a prophet or a god. Delusions of grandeur is a false belief of self-importance or greatness. Sadism is getting sexual satisfaction by inflicting pain and embarrassment on others. Incest is sex with a family member. Fetishism is a form of sexual behavior in which gratification is linked to an abnormal degree to a particular object, activity, or part of the body. Vampirism is the drinking of blood, and pedophilia is sexual feelings towards children. Hers would soon become one of the first documented cases of women serial killers with a clear sexual motivation. She was an organized murderess, visionary, sedentary, sexual predator who killed in groups. Organized, as in she had a plan that she followed to supply herself with victims, Visionary in that she may have had hallucinations that guided or confused her, and sedentary in that she didn't travel around looking for victims. They were brought to her. Shortly after joining the sect, Magdalena took over. We'll tell you all about it after a quick break. Hey, my name is Ryan. And I'm pretty sure I'm Joe. And we are the hosts of Movie Hell, a podcast all about movies and pop culture. We're two buddies who talk about this stuff anyway and wanted to share our own madness with all of you. Yeah, we have these discussions anyway and rant and rave about movies, TV, and pop culture in general, so why not share it? The objective of Movie Hell is to bring you reviews and discussions of flops to avoid, new stuff to see, and hidden gems that might end up being your new favorite. Whether you're looking for that perfect movie for Friday night or wondering if anybody else found Mr. Nobody as unsettling as you did, I'm sure there's something for everyone to enjoy, and if not, let us know and we can always learn and improve. Ah, boy, do we have room to improve. You can listen to Movie How on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, and pretty much anywhere else fine podcasts are curated. Welcome back, Crypt Keepers. As we said, shortly after joining the sect, Magdalena took over. Two of her followers grew tired of the empty promises and chose to leave the sect, but it wasn't to be. They were labeled as dissenters, and this could not be tolerated. So Lee condemned the two to death, and her prisoners of fear carried out her wishes. The two dissenters were brought before Solia as sacrifices and were sentenced to maiming, cutting, and beating to death. Now, this was all done in front of all the villagers, and obviously it would help to keep them in line, but you would think that with you know, a group of, say, we, we said earlier 50 villagers, so say there's 40 that are watching this, that someone would be like, dude, this is fucked up. I don't want to be part of this. And maybe they were in too deep already, but it's just crazy to me that, you know, 40 people could sit there and be like, eh, you know, she's an Incan goddess. So <laughs> Seems know. all right to me. <laughs> yeah. Their blood was then mixed with chicken blood, and the followers drank the blood out of goblets. That's nasty. That's nasty shit. After the first two murders, her crimes escalated, 
she became bored with orgies and narcotic use. So I've I've taken like Vicodin and stuff like that after surgeries, and I can understand how people can get addicted to it, right? <laughs> and drug use when you're addicted doesn't really get old and become boring. I, I guess it, it does to a certain extent, and then you're just dependent on it. I've never been involved in an orgy, but how many orgies high on heroin do you have to have before you become bored with them? What's the number there? What do you think? <laughs> um, <clears throat> is it a raw number or maybe a number of times within a certain period? Like, man, this is my fourth orgy this week. I just <laughs> I just wanted to have a night. I wanted to go see the new Top Gun. Like, what is going on? This, is, this work schedule is out of control. <laughs> but, I mean, how many do you have to have, really, before you're you're like dude this is not cutting it anymore Mm. it's i don't know but in any case you can imagine that it's probably quite a few yeah but after she became bored with this the high priestess demanded human sacrifice which did take place in you know ancient mexico with the aztecs there were human sacrifices but they had a larger population I mean, if you have 50 people and then you start saying we have to make human sacrifices, well, how many people are going to be left in the end? I don't know. Right. The people they sacrificed were labeled as dissenters and they were beaten, maimed, and cut for bloodletting. The priestess drank the blood, handed the goblet to her priests, the Hernandez brothers. The blood, they told their followers, gave them supernatural power and they would share the rest of the blood with the villagers. According to their mythology, the blood was the only decent food for the gods and would keep them young forever. Over the next six weeks, four more villagers were sacrificed, and it had devolved to the point where Soli was dissecting the victims' hearts while they were still alive. And again, that's pretty rough. I mean, what kind of person does it take to cut into someone while they're alive and start cutting on their heart. And again, I know they removed hearts from live victims. You know, the Aztecs did that, but I don't hmm. That's, I think, why they say that, you know, a lot of surgeons may have, like, sociopathic tendencies because a normal person can't just cut into someone and start removing stuff. During one of these rituals, an outsider had snuck in to watch the ceremony. Sebastian Guerrero was terrified by what he saw, and the 14-year-old boy ran all the way to the Villa Grande police station. He told the police that he had seen a group of murderers who were gluttonously drinking human blood like vampires. But the officers laughed and thought Guerrero must have been high, and the next morning, Officer Luis Martinez took Guerrero home, but Guerrero showed him the cave where the sacrifices had taken place. That was the last time Martinez and Guerrero were seen alive. The police then took the cult seriously and with the help of the army arrested Alazar and Sully on a farm with a large crop of marijuana. Santos Hernandez was shot by police during the raid and his brother Sayatano had been murdered by a member of his own cult who wanted a piece of the priest's body for protection. Many cult followers barricaded themselves up in a cave and exchanged rifle fire with the army and several died. The ones who were arrested were sentenced to 30 years for the six counts of murder for group or gang murder. 
The villagers were sentenced lightly as the court cited the lack of education and impoverished condition of the followers. Salih and Alazar were sentenced to 50 years each for the slayings of Guerrero and Officer Martinez. The courts were unable to prove that they had participated in any of the other killings because the villagers refused to testify. It took a perfect storm for this terrible crime spree to take place. A literal campaign of mayhem and treachery the likes of which hadn't been seen since the time of the Aztec tribes in Mexico. It's hard to imagine seeing a neighbor, friend, or loved one sacrificed to a god you actually believe in. The am I next thought coursing through your mind day and night. I'm sure some of the villagers felt trapped by their own delusions. So this this is crazy. I mean, this really happened, and this was in the 60s. So these people came up with a plot, right? You think about, okay, what do I want? How can I get it without actually doing any work? And who can I victimize? Mm -hmm. And this evil axis of evil how about that Mm. this axis of evil decided that this would be the best way to go and you know we talked about magdalena's early life and how fucked up it was i mean let's face it you're not 13 and you're like hey i'm gonna go have sex for money that's something that you know your dad or a pimp or a kidnapper human trafficker would do so you know she was forced into some very very traumatic situations but we see that all the time and sometimes the people that are originally victims they repeat and they Mm -hmm. victimize others but this has taken it to a whole new level and I believe in my unprofessional opinion that she was just batshit crazy and you pile on all this trauma she had as a kid and this is what grows out of it i mean i don't know it's a wild story what what do you think about it first of all do you think she's hot do i think she's hot yeah i don't know that i've seen a picture of her actually let me let me look and what do you think of me if it if she is? Let me see. Oh, I, I think she's average. I mean, she's not beautiful, but she's not ugly. This would be a lot harder to pull off in India because you'd have to have extra arms. Right? <laughs> uh where's your extra arms? You ain't no priestess. <laughs> you only got two arms. Yeah. You gotta have at least six. They've been making fun of you. That's right. Um no, the pictures that I see of her, she just looks like a normal person. Like nothing Yeah. Nothing particularly remarkable. I mean, in her appearance other than what she did. Like she right. seems like a normal person. The presentation would have had to have been like there's nothing odd about her. You know what I mean? Yeah. And she's not some beautiful seductress that mm-hmm. you know, coerced these people. It, it was a, a sleight of hand. It was all smoke and mirrors and people that were you know probably literally dying for mm-hmm. a better life so i don't know it's sad it's really sad 
I, I wanted you guys to hear a story that you may not have heard. I mean, it's not a very well-known story for as bizarre as it is. I mean, this would make an insane movie. I feel like I've seen movies and shows with this kind of thing going on before where it's this, you know, these bizarre cults and whatever. Uh-huh. I mean, there's even uh, Eternals. Never saw it. Not a great movie. Yeah, I think I remember you saying it was like a three-hour movie that should have been an hour and 15 minutes. No, no. That was one where they tried to introduce like 12 characters in like a two-hour movie, and it's just way too much. Mm -hmm. But one of the characters is running a cult. Mm -hmm. Like his power is he can control people's minds, and he started a cult, and he like keeps people in line. He's like, it's frightening, but it's also him being like, hey... The world sucks. I'm going to at least keep this little group of people safe by stopping them from even, like, thinking about stuff they shouldn't be thinking about. You know what I mean? Like, they're not going to go out, cause any harm. But this is, like, so bizarrely malicious. It almost seems fictitious in that there's nothing... Like, they're not gaining much from it. They're doing these rituals. I mean, unless it really, truly is psychosis causing this. You know what I mean? Like, it's... Well, you don't want to kill your followers. Right. It makes no sense. Right. I mean, there's no... What's the upside? It's it's one of those right. questions that like you and I have talked about before when it comes down to, you know, uh, conspiratorial... I don't want to say conspiracy theories, but when it comes sure. to these kind of topics, it's like, all right, if you have a theory, show me the benefit. It's like the flat earth thing. It's like, mm-hmm. if you can tell me what the benefit is to hiding that the earth is really flat then maybe there's something to it but it's like there's there's no benefit to this it's just there a crazy a lady drinking blood oh yeah in this case uh i i agree fully uh we can have another discussion on flat earth and <laughs> why it's important one day but that's that's beside the point here it, it mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense i mean i know that there were two dissenters that she kind of had to eliminate because she didn't want that spreading throughout her population. But then she just needed more and more and more and more. And there was just not much out there about her drug abuse. But, you know, obviously, like we talked about, she participated in orgies and used narcotics. So if she was getting some form of heroin which i I imagine in 1963 that was probably you know what they were using Mm -hmm. i don't know it's just a wild story i thought you guys would love it i hope you did but that's the story of the high priestess of blood so now we're gonna i just want to talk about a couple kind of cool stories that were in the news okay in turkey a bear cub somehow got its paws on some hallucinogenic honey and that's i've never heard of that before Mm -hmm. Um, apparently this is a thing because it's my understanding that in islam alcohol is forbidden and just because it's forbidden doesn't mean that muslims don't drink at all because you know I mean, we all do things that are against our religion a little bit. We all, we're all we all sinners, right? Yeah, a little bit. So this type of honey, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, is called Delibal, which apparently translates into mad honey. 
and it's derived from the honey produced by bees that have pollinated indigenous rhododendrons which possess a neurotoxin known as grayonotoxin or gryonotoxin. Mm -hmm. So watch out if somebody gives you uh, homemade honey. Yeah. So basically it's kind of a traditional medicinal treatment for, you know, pain, all kinds of stuff. Uh, whereas uh, my grandma who passed away when she wasn't feeling well, she wouldn't have NyQuil. She'd have a couple shots of Southern Comfort. And, you know, I, I think a lot of people did that, especially in, you know, what we refer to as the olden days. Mm -hmm. But just a small dose of mad honey can produce hallucinations and a feeling of euphoria. And if you can't drink alcohol, uh, maybe you're against hashish or it's expensive or whatever, uh, you can get this mad honey. So why wouldn't you give it a shot? You probably right. don't want to give it to your animals because, you know, we like our animals to uh, <laughs> remain rational. Yeah. But, so the bear cub probably consumed a significant amount because it was barely able to walk and seemingly in distress. But upon being discovered stumbling around the forest, the intoxicated creature was put in the back of a truck and taken to a nearby vet where it slept off its stoop. <laughs> so that's a good ending. You know, this bear had an experience. What's it going to go tell its bear friends? Like, dude, <laughs> you got to try this honey. Uh, these people keep it in pots in their house or their hut or whatever. You don't have to get stung by a thousand mm -hmm. bees to get to it. And it gets you fucked up. So why not? <laughs> that's my kind of honey. Yeah, no kidding. Um. Any final thoughts on that one? No. <laughs> no, I'm just thinking what my dogs would do on it. They barely listen to me as it is. Right. I feel your pain. Uh, in another story, there was a man in Oklahoma who was noodling. And I, I don't know if we've talked about that before. I, I think we have. We talked about it with uh, Chris on the uh, Sasquatch and Autism episode. I think so, yeah. Talked about whether or not Bigfoot goes noodling. Yeah, so uh, in case you haven't listened to that episode yet, go back and listen to that episode. It's awesome. But uh, noodling is where people stick their hands into holes in a river in hopes that a big catfish will bite them and they can grab it and pull it out. So it's pretty extreme as far as fishing goes, right? Mm -hmm. Not as uh, extreme as what the Bajau people do, if you haven't listened to the Real Life Merman episode. So this guy and his buddy are noodling, and his buddy, I'm assuming jokingly, or maybe he really believed it, said, basically, I'm going to make a call, you know, a, a, an animal sound, and Bigfoot is going to come and kill you. And this guy took it seriously, and he <sighs> choked the guy, murdered him, and set off about his business. And this may be the first time in history that a man uses the defense of, well, he was going to, you know, sick Bigfoot on me. And it's just a crazy story, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, an unusual self-defense kind of motive. Now, this is going to be a huge surprise to you, mm. I know, 
But when police eventually talked to him, they determined that he was intoxicated. I don't think it was mad honey. I think it was meth. That's mm. my personal opinion. But you have your feelings on Bigfoot. I have my feelings on Bigfoot. But we can probably agree that at least 90% of the country doesn't believe in it at all. So, yeah. Yeah, I would say that's probably right. So, this guy has to be one of the 10% that believe Bigfoot's real. Mm-hmm. And then he has to be part of the, I don't know, what percentage that actually thinks that a man can sick a creature on you that most people don't even believe exists. I mean, right. it would be similar to, you know, being fishing in a boat on Loch Ness and the guy's like, I'm going to sick the Loch Ness monster on you. And the guy's like, not if I kill you first. <laughs> I don't know if they have a meth problem in uh, Scotland like they do, <clears throat> like we do here in the Midwest. But no, yeah, maybe. in any case, so if, if someone says they're going to sick Bigfoot on you, don't kill him. Yeah, Bigfoot has That's... to be paid. Unless they also have like a big uh, briefcase full of like jars of peanut butter right. or, or some of that good honey. bars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think uh, I don't think Bigfoot's going for it. Right. I just can't imagine. A- He's like, that's a whole thing, and it's just not worth it. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't want to be the first Bigfoot caught killing a noodler because I was summoned by a secret call only this man knows. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe this guy had some secret. There's a Bigfoot somewhere just like stood up like the Manchurian candidate. <laughs> right. Oh, I know what I gotta do. <laughs> yeah. So to wrap it up in a story in The Rap written by Umberto Gonzalez, uh, he talks about a new movie and mm. Ryan is a movie connoisseur. Do you want to take a wild guess as to what my next favorite movie might be? Your next after out? what? My my next favorite movie. Oh, something new that's coming out? Something new that's coming out. And we did an episode on it. Is it Black Eyed Kids? Mm-mm. Hmm. I can't believe you haven't heard your disappointing i probably have heard i just see so many movies coming out it's a russell crowe movie now he has like nine that are coming out in the next year but you haven't heard of this one is it safe to say he's not a heartthrob anymore it based on his appearance there either he was aiming to look goofy or yeah he's just lost it i don't know exactly what there's a let me see too much mad honey narcotics and orgies for russell crowe oh my left god him as an old guy all right i'll admit i cheated i typed it in imdb the pope's exorcist is that what we're talking mm-hmm. about i had not it heard is. of that he, you're right he does have one two three four five six seven eight movies in either like completion but not out or some stage of filming or pre-production and three to four chins But that's neither here nor there. So this is a movie, uh, like you said, The Pope's Exorcist, and it's going to be put out by Screen Gems. I don't know any other work that they've done, but Mm. Mr. Gonzalez in the article uh, found it necessary to point that out, uh, probably just doing his due diligence, but I don't know any other Screen Gem movies off the top of my head. It might be 
pointing. I mean, I don't know. Some some folks that I know have been pointing out when movies are made or produced by smaller companies because most of the big Hollywood names are kind of producing junk right now. True. So maybe it's like, hey, this might actually be good because it's not, you know, uh-huh. Disney or whoever else or Sony. That makes sense. The Pope's Exorcist is based on Father Gabriel Amorth, the legendary Italian priest who performed over 100,000 exorcisms for the Vatican. So, if you don't know about Father Gabriel Amorth, you should definitely listen to that episode before you go see the movie because it gives kind of a, a background of the facts as he saw them and some of his supporters saw them mm-hmm. as opposed to what this movie may entail and it could be you know based wholly on reality the the reality that the church puts forth anyway or it could be highly dramatized i imagine it'll be dramatized in the exorcism scenes but Father Amorth, who died in 2016, left behind a treasure trove of detailed accounts of his exploits driving the devil out of people all over the world. And there is a William Friedkin movie, and he's the one who made the original Exorcist, that is more of a documentary, which is okay. It's not great. Um, It's If you're expecting to see... You know, another version of The Exorcist. It is definitely not it, but it's interesting. So, in any case, that's really all we've got tonight. We have guests coming up that are going to be talking about remote viewing and a few months away, but a very interesting topic of King Tut's Curse. So if you have any questions that you would like us to ask about remote viewing or King Tut's curse, hit us up at crypticpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to check out Movie Hell. Tell all your friends. And please just give us a shout out on Facebook. You know what I mean? I mean, we do this for free and... We want as many people to know about the show as possible because I think we're kind of unique. We, you know, there's shows seem to either cover like all political conspiracy theories or all like ghosts and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think we fall somewhere in the middle and we're bringing you stories that you probably haven't heard before. So, you know, do us a solid and give us a shout out on Facebook. And we'll see you next week. Good night, Crypt Keepers. <laughs>